The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hey, thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. I am your host. I'm Vern Davis. I'm a partner at Protus Global People Solutions. And I am here today. I uh, have a great guest. Uh, we're here with Kelly Dooley, who uh, Kelly is the CEO and owner of Canna Kingdom. And uh, welcome here, Kelly. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I am doing awesome. And so you're saying that you are you are living in uh, Orange County, basically, right? Yeah. In Southern yes, California. I was born and raised. Yeah, I was born and raised in Orange County, and um, the facility is in Long Beach. Oh, that's that's great. That's good. Long Beach is becoming the facility. I have a client that has a facility in Long Beach. Do you want to know why? What was that? Do you want to know why? Yes, I do. Tell me why. There's two reasons. One is that it's pretty central for most people in cannabis. So it's equidistant, whether you're going to the desert, whether you're going to LA, Adelanto, et cetera. So overall, it's pretty convenient as opposed to some other cities such as Adelanto and Desert Hot Springs, where there's a plethora of benefits of for doing business there, such as mm-hmm. tax benefits. Okay, but good. it's really, really difficult to get people out there. Um, so Long Beach is more of a hub. And now that the taxes have decreased to 1% when it was previously 6%, <laughs> everyone wants to get, in, get to Long Beach. But it's very difficult to get a license in Long Beach. So Yeah, but they made it very uh, friendly. For business. Yeah. And it's very, because it's, you know, since there's so many, the port is over there and there's a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, uh, freight and so on over there. It's, it's a very commercial area, which mm-hmm. I think is also beneficial because it's, there's a lot of space for volatile extraction and other, uh, and other, you know, manufacturing methods that are, uh, typical in the cannabis industry. Yes. Yes. So, uh, see, we just got an education from Kelly. Thank you. And, uh, and and that's why we'll be hearing much more about Long Beach. I can tell based on that description of what's going on there. So (laughs) Kelly, you know, you have an interesting background. You, you grew up in, in, in Southern California, probably not too very far from uh, where you are now. And uh, you, you had two very, uh, driven role models, your mom and your dad. Why don't you tell us about that? Uh, yes, I was uh, born at St. Jude in Fullerton, and then I was raised in New Orleans until I was 12. Then we moved to Newport Coast, and I went to BU for undergrad and NYU for my master's. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, she's a retired labor and delivery nurse, but she's also, uh, she owns one of the largest wholesalers, if not the largest wholesale companies for pool and electrical products, okay. um, which is like, you know, like if you're a plumber, you have to have yes. a contractor's license, you go in. And you can get pipe and, you know, everything else that you need. Uh, but it's similar to licensed cannabis industry, you have to be a licensed contractor in order to step foot on her, uh, on the premises of any of her locations. So, um, and then my father, he passed when I was seven in 1989, but he manufactured oil pans and air scoops for right. race cars and race boats. 
uh, his company is called Julie Enterprises. It, it still exists now. My cousin runs it in oh, Anaheim. Great. Uh, and they're also the nation's largest distributor of Winchester ammunition. So, <laughs> with that being said, I grew up and worked with my parents. And, you know, I was always like, my, my dad was like my best friend. And yeah. I went and I assembled bolts for him. I made five cents per bolt. And by the end of the day, I'd have like 10 bucks, which, you know, for a five-year-old is pretty good. So, by the time great. I... Right. By the time I was seven, I had seven hundred and something dollars in my savings account, and uh, and I, you know, I loved cash. I always loved it because I go like my favorite thing to do was I'd go in his back office with him, which had the vault, yeah. and he would let me smell the money. That was my favorite thing to do. So that um, is that is better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so story. when he when he passed away, though, I um. My, he had like a, you know, those arrowhead bottles that have like those big bottles that you put in offices and stuff to yes. drink water. Yeah. So he, he had one filled with change. And so when he passed away, I asked my mom, that's all I wanted was the bottle filled with coins. So, so I, <laughs> I organized all the money and took it to the bank and added that to my account as well. <laughs> you've been, you've been about money the whole time. I have. My mom's business, she, you know, inherited, not inherited, but she, it was, she stumbled upon that business. It wasn't, it was kind of a, a deal gone wrong type situation. Then she got stuck with it. Yeah. Um, but it turned out to be a huge blessing. And I now 30 years later, her, her business is now for sale. And it's very ironic given the timing of everything that has happened, you know, in the trajectory of my career. Mm -hmm. um, but her company is uh, Pullman Electrical Products Incorporated. And when she got it, there were four locations. It was bankrupt. And um, she basically had to build it from, you know, from the rock bottom to the top. So um, I was 10 at the time, I believe. And she had one partner um, and she got the company from a former boyfriend of hers who defaulted on a loan. And mm. so she... I went to work with her and I did all of her invoicing, like, you know, the carbon invoices where it's like pink, yellow, and white. I did all of her invoices. I called clients who owed us money. And the swimming pool industry is just as sketchy as the cannabis industry when it comes to, you know, the overall lack of integrity within the industry itself because there's a lot of shysters. And right. my mom, you know, she's a beautiful, like, knockout, drop-dead gorgeous single woman. And so it's like she had blonde hair and the whole shebang. So everyone wanted my mom so it was kind of like weird because um they didn't really take her seriously when it comes to business and so people kept trying to buy her out and then i remember there was one guy named june moon who came to her june um, was, moon june moon yeah we, we can't, we, that's embedded into yeah. my brain june yeah i can never moon. forget okay. <laughs> he was so like convinced that he was going to come in and just take over and he offered her a million dollars for the company my mom said no and even her attorney thought she was crazy um, because he was like, Jan, just count your losses. And she's like, no. And so she, um, her instinct told her to follow her, you know, follow her gut with this guy named Andreas. Uh, he came to her, a Mexican guy. He had, he didn't have any money, but the, the swimming pool industry is predominantly Mexican. Um, and he w worked for one of our competitors mm -hmm. called Gen Master Supply, I believe, or General Supply. And he had asked his boss for a, a holiday bonus so he could get his children a gift that year. And the boss said no. 
So then he came to my mom and was like, Jan, I do not have any money, but I have contacts and loyalty. So he offered to pay her uh, for the company out of her profit, you know, out of the profits of the company that he generated. Yes. So she accepted the offer. And now, you know, 30 years later, they are extremely successful. And there's like 30 locations. Well, that is, that is a hell of a story. Um, yeah. You know, so the cool thing is your dad lets you smell the money, you know, mm-hmm. and, you, and, and your mom is really showing you how to be, you know, well, you tell me. My mom, uh, she really taught me that no matter what your circumstances, if you have the right mindset and if you're resilient, you can overcome and get through anything. So she really inculcated in me a no excuses mindset. And when I really think about my life and my role models and the people that are Mm -hmm. truly heroic to me, even though my mom and I have our differences, you know, because now I'm in my thirties and we argue. Um, But (laughs) she, uh, (laughs) she's my hero, like 100%. Like my father, when, when he died and she had two little kids to raise by herself, ages seven and nine, like that's not easy. Now I'm actually, I'll be 38 August 2nd. And my father died when my mom was 38. So, you know, I can't even imagine how awful that was. You know, I really yeah. can't. Well, so then I think of what my mom did. And I mean, she is the American dream. She came from nothing. And she herself started working from a very young age when she was like five years old. <clears throat> she realized she didn't want to be like her her family. And so she started ironing the neighbor's clothes. She made Christmas cards. She did everything she could to make money. So by the time she was 15, she had enough money to get her own VW bug. She first she got a green one, then she got a yellow one. So my mom is like always extremely motivated. Um, and and I'm the same way. I've always been that way. My dad also rewarded me with uh, money for grades. I got uh, yeah. for, for A's, I got $50. For B's, I got $20. And for anything else, I got $0.00. So obviously, I got AIDS. Um, you, so. you you understood the uh, Kelly. You understood the value of money. We're we're going to continue our discussions. We're going to yeah. take a quick break. Uh, I'm yeah. Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, fueled by Protus Global People Solutions, and I'm here today with Kelly Dooley, who is the uh, CEO of Canada Kingdom, and uh, we'll we'll continue our discussion uh, on the other side. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Sweet Sativa! 
Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, uh, Plant Profits host here with you. And I'm spending time with Kelly Dooley. And she is the CEO and owner of Canna Kingdom. And and Kelly has just spent a, a few minutes talking about her past and her growing up and some of the key lessons she got from her parents. And it sounds like she's had tremendous role models. And on record, she's made it clear that her mom is her hero. I think that's pretty awesome. And you learn a lot from growing up, you know, and I remember that my dad had his own business. He was a plumber and uh, he was one of the few master plumbers in the geography that we live. And uh, he did a great job of, of building something from absolutely nothing. And uh, I think that's, and I learned a lot from him and it gave me a spirit that I carry with me today. And, and uh, I'm not afraid to try things. And I, and that is exactly what, what, uh, what you have done. Look, Kelly, you, you have, so you, you was Southern California, then you went to BU for undergrad, then you went to New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then something yes. happened when you got uh, to be in New York and you lived in New York and, and how did fashion come into your life? Talk to me about that. Well, I've always been into fashion. That's obviously okay. why I needed money as a child so I could go <laughs> to Nordstrom's and spend it all. Um, but anyway, so I uh, have just always like been obsessed with fashion and I'm also a very creative person. So my eyes, like I'm very, very good with hand tones and, you know, color wheels and just putting things together. Like anything when it comes to creativity, whether that's cooking, uh, designing, selling, any anything, I'm I put things together. Like my brain's kind of like Jenga. If you know the game Jenga, Mm -hmm. that's the way my brain is. It's like a, it's like building blocks of information. So I went to St. Margaret's for high school in San Juan Capistrano, which is a nerdy little private school. I was editor in chief of my high school newspaper, which was called Smith Press. And, um, and then I went to BU specifically for journalism because at the time it was the number two uh, journalism school in the nation. The first, best was uh, Syracuse. However, I didn't want to go to school in the boonies because I'm not really like a party girl that you'll find at sorority parties and stuff like that. Um, so I was like, I need to be in the city. So I went to BU and I loved it. Um, yeah. I didn't ever want to study or be a journalist because, you know, jur- journalism is really a lot of the integrity, which is one of the cornerstones of journalism, of course, has been just completely eradicated. Look at all the 
the BS that, you know, we read in the news all the time. So mm-hmm. I'm more of an outlier than your typical journalist. So I, I had an emphasis in, on uh, criminal journalism and investigative cool. journalism. Why did you choose I that? Why did, why did you choose uh, that? Because I'm interested in human psychology and what, what makes people do certain things. Because to me, it's not just quantitative data that matters. It's qualitative data. You really have to understand where who, what, where, when, and why, um, you know, someone did something so that you can, you know, not, I'm not saying forgive or condone in any way, but at least empathize and understand, you know, what catalyzed X. Mm -hmm. Um, So to me, that, that is very important, um, just in understanding the human condition. So um, then I graduated and I moved back to California and my, I started working for one of my mom's vendors because I didn't want to work for her company because I didn't want to be perceived as like the rich white girl who worked for her mom's company. Mm -hmm. So I worked for Aquabond, which was an epoxy company that um, our biggest competitor was 3M and our product is far superior, by the way. I was a Western regional sales manager and my territory was California, Arizona, Nevada, and Hawaii. So I'm like 22 years old and I'm always on the road. So um, I would, the whole thing was like basically I go to tabletops at different wholesale uh, locations, such as my mom's business. Mm-hmm. And then I would show people how to use the product and why it was superior and la la la. My nickname is the Bond Girl. Um, so it's been like 20 years. I still get hit up on LinkedIn. Like, do you still work for Aquabon? No, I do not. Um, but I still know all the use. I could still sell it actually. Um, so what was interesting about Aquabon is that, you know, I was really, it was a new company. So it was like very grassroots and I enjoy Mm. building things. So although it was epoxy, which in and of itself is kind of a mundane product, it, I can sell anything. So it Mm -hmm. doesn't, as long as it's the best in its category, I can sell it because I won't sell anything that I don't consider to be the best. So, um, so then I left Aquabon because I applied for my master's at NYU, which I, oh, I've went to NYU since I was a little girl. Since the first time I went to New York City, which is when I was eight years old. And uh, the program was me, uh, media, mar- <laughs> media marketing and communications. So I, my mom thought it was nuts because she's like, Kel, you should apply to more than one school. What if you don't get accepted? I was like, first of all, I'm going to get accepted. And if I don't, I'll reapply and go the following year. So I applied and I got accepted. Of course you did, Kelly. I I graduated early as well. And so then I, my grandparents passed passed away. So I um, had some, I had a family inheritance from my grandfather, who was my, one of my three heroes. Mom being number one, dad being number two, and grandpa being number three. So uh, my grandpa, when I, I got, I think it was 250000 or something like that. So, and at the time I had been training for a marathon, uh, which would have been my first ever marathon. It was my New Year's resolution to do a marathon in 2009. So, or 2010, beginning of 2010. So, no, sorry. It was 2009. It was 2008 that I was training. So when I was training, I was, I actually worked at Equinox Fitness um, because I was bored and it was the summer since I had time since I had graduated early. I just needed to fill my time. So I was, my office was around or across the shop, which had like four bras and everything in it. And then I'm training for this marathon. And so I constantly see these ugly sports bras 
but women with money working at Equinox. And so it just didn't make sense to me why bras were so horrible. So I was like <clears throat> doing all these runs and I was trying to search for a sports bra that had a pocket yeah. so that when I was doing my first race, which was the Walt Disney Marathon in Florida, I would be able to have a, a you know, a safe spot for my hotel key and my health insurance card and my iPod and just all the necessities that you have <clears throat> during a race. And when I would do my practice runs in Central Park, I would put the my money, which would just be to get like a water or something at the hot dog stand um, in my bra. And then my money would always be wet because it's drenched with sweat. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so I, I came up with this idea where I'm like, why don't I combine fitness and fashion in a way that that hasn't been done before for women like myself? Because clearly there has to be other women like me who don't want to look like ugly when they're working out. So I then I went to the marathon and the day I ended up wearing this camo Nike bra. It was fine. It just wasn't me, you know? And I even got a Gucci fanny pack trying to run with that, put all the stuff in, but it was flopping too much. So then I was like, you know what? I just need to create Design my own something. I have Crazy. the money to do it. Yeah. So, is that where so Body Rock what came from? Did Body Rock come yeah. from that? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now that, that became instantly, yeah, that became instantly famous, Body Rock. Well, yeah, instantly, did. you know. And, and what, what got you to thinking about uh, uh, creating a, a, an, an item that is so common? really and make it unique enough that somebody would would spend 20 25 grand on it well what happened was this so well so the first collection it was 12 bras and they're all there are four collections based on women's respective needs so there was lock them down keep them in show them off and zip them up and the okay. so they're all named after women in my life who who inspired me in some way. So like my mom, she was the Jan bra from the Show 'em Off collection, which is a classic black and gold. That was one of our most top sellers. And then there's like the Jazz bra, who that was a lock and down collection named after my best best friend in the whole world, Jasmine Tillet. And she uh, that bra had an iPod pocket, a side zipper, and two pockets on the back, and it was like a denim with pink foil type fabric. And then I also, I named another one after her too. Uh, well, actually like three, because she's very like fashionable and amazing. Um, but then I had, a, you know, an assortment of other ones, like the Giselle bra is a girl I met in um, in Switzerland when we were studying abroad there. And every bra was so different that it was, it just the whole, it made sense to me that, okay, well, the average sports bra, because I did, of course, a comparative analysis of all the bras out there. And so like the average bra at the time was 30 to $40. My bras were $75 through $90. And at first, people thought, oh my gosh, that's so expensive. But I'm like, yeah, but you're wearing it from day to night. So it's like whether you are going on a date or going to the gym, you can wear it, you know, both uh, for both occasions without looking like, you know, like a dog. And so I created the brand and a lot of people didn't like it at first because at the time it was, it was, I was ahead of my, I was ahead of my time. I was like three years ahead of my, of the curve. Of, but of this is also before Instagram too, uh, yeah. which is amazing. Cause if I started body rock now, oh my God, I can only imagine how freaking wild that would be because of social media, influencer yes. marketing, everything, which no, at the time Facebook was great, you know? You're, you're absolutely. 
Absolutely right. We're going to continue our discussion with, with Kelly Dooley uh, from Canna Kingdom, and we're going to talk and, get, and dive into Canna Kingdom in the next uh, section of our show uh, here today. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Trends in technology, processes, and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis. Consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The Green Peak with Richard Zwicky. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I am Vern Davis of Plant Profits. I am your host. I'm spending time today with Kelly Dooley. She is the CEO and owner of Canon Kingdom. We've learned a lot about Kelly today. The people who are most important in her life, her, she had no choice but to be an entrepreneur. So how did, how did Roz take you to cannabis? So tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, really when it comes to down to it, just, you know, to kind of say the last thing about Body Rock, it was, I found a, I found a niche in the market that was flooded and did things differently. So using that, that same mind really well in every other endeavor that I've had, of course, most recently Canna Kingdom, uh, which has not only, I mean, I, both my lessons, uh, all the, all the failures, and and the triumphs of Body Rock have served me very very well in Canna Kingdom, um, and and my mom's as well. Because if I hadn't had the insight from my mom's business and her taking over the business that she did and the manner in which she did, right. I wouldn't have had the wisdom that I had when it came to structuring Canna Kingdom. Absolutely, you had to. You had some great teachers. Uh, give me a couple specifics of that you you know you did right because of your 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 observation and coaching of people that are close to you. Okay, so for example, in my purchase agreement when I purchased Canna Kingdom, uh, they wanted a um, a percentage mm-hmm. uh, 
of the sales like per week or I forget how they wanted to structure it. But my mom's suggestion was to basically, you know, commit to a smaller amount um, mm-hmm. at a later date. Like she said, wait until at least 45 days until after you're operational. Because if you don't, then, you know, things could get delayed, especially with cannabis. Everything's always delayed. So I made sure that that, right. Yeah. Yeah, So I made sure that that language was integrated into the purchase contract because otherwise I would have been overcommitted basically. Mm. No, Um, that's, uh, that's, that's really good. Yes. Yeah. And then also not taking on partners. Like Mm -hmm. I do have one partner Mm -hmm. um, and that's it. And you know, he's been absolutely integral in this business with me because I'm more the visionary Okay. And um, and I also am very heavily involved in philanthropy and, and paying it forward and stuff like that, whereas he's all numbers. So he's got a skill set that I lack and and that's I have good. a skill set that he lacks. No, so that's, it's incredibly that's good. synergistic. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So tell the audience, what is Canna Kingdom? What Canna Kingdom is, is a licensed uh, distributor, which is a type 11, type 11 distribution license, okay. a manufacturer and soon a cultivator. So we, uh, we have our type seven manufacturing license, which is the volatile manufacturing. Um, although we will probably also be doing type six, which is ethanol and solventless, Mm -hmm. uh, because you know, there's less of a demand for BHO than there was previously. Everything's kind of more ethanol based now. Um, and then we also, uh, just finalized our applications for Northern California. So we'll be expanding up there. And Great. then we also got approved and are fully licensed in Illinois, but that won't be uh, that won't be opening for probably like 2022 because it's a massive uh, project that we're working on there to revitalize East St. Louis as part of an initiative called the Right Plan. Right project, I, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now I want to hear about that uh, mm-hmm. before we get off the air. I want to hear about uh, about the Right Project. What is what did you do? What is the phrase? Health is the truest wealth. Where'd you get that? Oh, where health is the truest wealth? Yeah. So what happened, well, that I'm glad you asked, you very few people do. So um, growing up in Newport Coast, which is a pretty, you know, wealthy area, mm-hmm. um, and therefore I was surrounded by a bunch of vacuous, superficial people, um, which isn't to say that I'm not superficial because I am, but I am um, definitely have a heart and I understand that true happiness does not come from material things. Um, you know, it comes from inside. So you could have all the money in the world, but if you haven't worked on the inside, then, you know, you're kind of screwed. So it's that. And then also when I, when I lost Body Rock, which was because my manufacturer totally screwed me over because I was naive and I trusted a lot of the wrong people and blah, blah, blah. I was very, you know, naive 30 year old. Now I'm almost 38. So, um, I, I was like super depressed for months, like eight, 10 months, maybe. I couldn't, okay. I could hardly get out of bed. And okay. it was during those 10 months <clears throat> that, well, honestly, I wouldn't, I call that 2014, my great depression. I wouldn't trade my great depression for anything in the world because that's when you really have to dig deep, you know? And you realize like, if you, I know that I made it through that, I can make mm-hmm. it through anything because it was horrible. So as a result of that, I'm uh, very much so an advocate for mental health mm-hmm. and, um, and, suicide and depression. My, my father actually committed suicide when I was seven. So it's part of my, my life calling is to, you know, help other people who are suffering in silence, um, get through that. So when I went through that and then I realized, you know, all my friends suddenly disappeared 
Uh, my yeah. my ex husband disappeared. Everyone like abandoned me because you know I lost my company. So therefore, I wasn't you know I wasn't invited to red carpet events and stuff like that. So make a long story short, it's like that's you know we're, health is the true as well because if you don't have if you're not um, aligned, like, and if you're not in a happy relationship and, and so on, so on, I could talk about it for hours, then you really don't have anything because it all starts from inside. Mm-hmm. No, I, that, that's, uh, that's great. Um, so in Canada Kingdom, give me mm-hmm. a couple of your key drivers to make this business successful. You, it seems like you're expanding. Um, this is all good news. Well, I would say um, one of the the main or primary tenants that has like formed really mm-hmm. like the ethos of Canon Kingdom is that, you know, we provide value that doesn't exist elsewhere, which is because we are truly like relationships based yes. and um, we pride ourselves on doing good business and accountability and integrity and we guarantee our products. So if there is an issue, unlike mm-hmm typical cannabis people who are just going to go MIA the second there's a problem, you know, we always tackle it, uh, you know, face forward and we always resolve it, the problem always. That is, um, that's, so, that's really good. I mean, you don't find that in the cannabis space. That guarantee so that, type situation. Yeah, if we can't, yeah. if we can't give them back the money, we'll swap out the product or whatever the case may be. But we do not, that's why we do not take product, take product on that. We don't stand behind because, you know, then there's just going to be a plethora of issues afterwards. No, that's right. So I, I want to get you. We're we're gonna we're we're gonna um, end our our chat here in a minute. But before I go, I want you to talk about something I know you're passionate about, and that's the right mm-hmm. project. This five hundred one three C that you created. That's in East St. Louis. Tell, t- give us mm-hmm. a give us a short uh, synopsis of what that's all about and why that's okay. dear, close and dear to you. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't start the right plan, but I'm involved in the right plan. So the right plan initiative is, is, um, I don't, I think it was founded in Illinois, but anyways, I got involved a few months ago. We went out and presented and got approved for this massive project, which is, a there's a, it's a $2.5 billion, uh, bond, um, of which 500 million is our budget, um, that has been approved through the right plan. So what that means is this, so we've got, uh, the, the government there is shut down. Uh, it, there's zero opportunity. So we got approved for the cannabis sector, which means that we have both hemp and THC. So we got approved for the uh, delivery license, cultivation, distribution, manufacturing. Um, same on the hemp side. We've got, I believe, um, two, 250 to 400 acres on the THC side and around the same on the hemp side. So we'll, and then also manufacturing, we've got 20 campuses, uh, which, you know, basically 20 separate buildings, mm-hmm. um, which my plan is to bring in my favorite brands and strategic partners that I work with out here. And then we're going to devote a campus to each respective brand. Um, and the reason that it's so important to me is because no one chooses, you know, where they're born or what color their skin is or how much money is in their mom's bank account when, when they're born. They're just born. And then it's like, oh, figure it out. So when you think of somewhere like East St. Louis, where, you know, there's generations of people who have been and are being affected um, just by, you know, circumstances that they themselves did not necessarily choose for me to be in a position where I have the tools, both financially and just in terms of my network and so forth, in order to help elevate a society that, you know, and really like break generational curses, which is one of my 
greatest passions, Mm -hmm. then I think it makes sense to do that because it's not just about cannabis. It's then there's going to be a dry cleaner and there's going to be new restaurants. No, I I love that. Absolutely. This, this whole revitalization. I tell you what, Kelly, we could talk uh, for days about some of the things Mm -hmm. that you're absolutely uh, involved in. You're so passionate about what you're doing. Um, So everyone, please Check out Kelly Dooley. She's the CEO and owner of Canna Kingdom. Uh, you can look at her website and you can find it at Canna, uh, K-A-N-N-A hyphen kingdom, K-I-N-G-D-O-M dot com. Her personal website is Kelly Dooley and that is uh, K-E-L-L-Y-D-O-O-L-E-Y official dot com. You can check her out and uh, and really dive into some of the really terrific things that she's doing in the industry and around uh, our people. And I think that is very, uh, very important. Hey, I'm Vern Davis. I've been your host and I am your host for Plant Profits. Uh, thank you for joining us today. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your your podcast fix, go there, check us out. We are there. And you can also follow my company, my firm, Protus Global, on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and many places on social media. Learn more about how we're building companies and changing lives at ProtusGlobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.